First Corinthians fifteen thirty-five is where we're going to be starting. And let's see. Let's let's see if we can get through verse forty-nine at least today. He says, Someone will say, How are the dead raised up, and with what body do they come? Foolish one. Uh, what you sow is not made alive until it dies. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that's going to be, but a mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he pleases, and to each seed its own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, animals, of the fish, birds, and there's celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one kind, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one the glory of the sun, and the glory of the moon, and the glory of the stars, for one star differs from another star in glory, and so also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption, it is raised in incorruption. It is sown in, its, in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body, there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man became a living being, but the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not the first, but rather the natural, and afterwards the spiritual. The first man was from the earth made of dust. The second man is uh, the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust, and it is the heavenly man who also are those who are heavenly. And we have borne the image of the man of dust, and we will bear the image of the heavenly man. All right, a lot to get through here. Why does Paul begin by calling them foolish? That doesn't seem nice. Okay. Who is he calling foolish? I was asking that question. Okay. Is it, is it nice to call people foolish who ask you questions? I, I, I remember every teacher, there's no such thing as a dumb question. Right? Remember that? Is there a such thing as a dumb question? Yeah? Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't think he's calling everybody dumb or foolish, whatever. The, I think he's asking a, or calling, um, referencing a specific group as foolish. Does this, does this question remind you of any other question in the Bible? Does this, does this event remind you of anything? Chapter 15, verse 35, starting. Remember when Jesus was asked a question? Similar question? Oh, okay, so I wasn't even thinking of that one. Remember the Pharisees coming to him, or Sadducees? And uh, they said, we have a question. 
Yeah. Same question. And Jesus is like, you're ignorant. <laughs> Same response. You're ignorant. You don't know the scriptures. So, so what he does is he's actually, he says, now someone will say. In other words, he's predicting a question. And Paul does this quite a bit. He, he predicts people who are going to make dumb arguments. Right? He's sp- speaking to a specific group here, which was that group of philosophers that were trying to argue with stuff. And he's predicting, well, if, if you're so smart, that's, this is what they're going to say. If you're so smart, if this, is, if this is true, then what kind of body do they have? They're, they're throwing out rhetorical questions and hypotheticals and all these things, and he's, gonna, he's prepared for it. That group of people he's calling foolish. So if someone, if someone had a legitimate question about the resurrection and, and came to Paul and said, I, I'm, I'm, I, just, I don't know about the resurrection. What kind of body do we have? He, he, I doubt very highly that he would be foolish idiot. Don't give me those stupid questions. Right? Uh, he's predicting a, a group of troublemakers in, in, in the church and what they're going to say. Um, so, <clears throat> so it's not really uh, why he's calling them foolish. It's who he's calling foolish that, that explains it. Um, so what do we find out about our state in this what, what major thing do we find out about? We, we're going to go through it about our state in the afterlife. We will not have the same body. We will have a body. Okay, and we're going to get through that. Um, and he does so with a, a number of illustrations. What's the first illustration he gives? No, I don't think, maybe. Let me. Okay, he gives wheat. Got some people who like to plant things here. No, it's kind of interesting is uh, I, I, when we're with spices. Right, making stuff. And there are some where it's like you use the seed for a spice and you use the dried leaf for a spice. Is it coriander? Or what? Yeah. Yeah. It's like those are two completely different things. Right? Like they, you can't substitute. They come from the same thing, but you can't substitute that. You can get a completely different flavor. So, So what is... Sown is a completely different thing than what will be planted, but it's still a thing, right? So uh, I think that's, that's important. We're, we're going to have a body. It's just going to be something of a completely different uh, nature. And so he gives a, an order of types of bodies. What kind of bodies are there? I don't know if he groups these by... Significance, or I, I'm not sure how, how he's grouping these, but man, the, man, beast. man, animal. Already, you know, we're used to. Well, man is in the animal kingdom, not according to God. Birds. Okay, so so even 
even there, we have a subset kind of of how God arranges the animal kingdom. How does he classify them? He doesn't really classify birds or fish as animals. Okay, so, so what is... So so how does he so what is he looking at when he's talking about animals then? Types. Huh? Types. Like cows. Okay, so so what what the Bible calls the beasts of the field or things like that. So so maybe mammals. I don't know how he's referencing that, but but land cre- land creatures, right? Um, which were which were made on a different day, if we think of that. So. Uh, and, and throughout creation, if, if you look at creation, God works his way up to man. Uh, and, and animals are like, like the, the mammals, beasts of the field. Those are, on the, those, are, those are together. And then you have the, the fish and birds are prior to that. He's working his way up in complexity. Now, I don't know what makes them different, but there is something different. Uh, uh, having ha, I, I just for me, I, yeah. I kind of get one's roaming the earth. Yeah. The others flying the air. Yeah. And the others in the water. Yeah. So I mean they're they're different. Yeah. I can tell you, there's a different feel. I don't know if 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 this is right or not, but there's a different feel having shot a deer and having killed a fish. Is it is a different feel, you, you know what I mean? We just cut the head off the fish and we're done, right? But but uh, just emotionally, it does something different to you to shoot a deer. It's, like, it, it's different. Like, hmm. You you feel almost like there's a, there's a higher order, intrinsically. You know, step on a butt. Yes, you don't think anything of it. It's, like, it, it's just like a natural order, I think. And, and, and so he goes up, there's a glory. Well, as he's working down the, the process, he, he comes to another type of body completely. What kind of body is that? Heavenly okay, what does he mean by heavenly bodies? Okay, planets and suns and stars, and there's, there's, uh, those are a type of body, but obviously those are made at the very, very beginning like, uh, of, of things. It is a physical body, and it has a type of glory. He, he, he talks about this progression of glory, and so it comes up to the glory of man. But all of these things are not to be compared with the glory that we're going to see eventually. Because all of these things have what in common? They're limited, right? And, and so when it comes to man, we're talking specifically in two ways. What are the two types of limits of man? Or the two states. Let's maybe say it like that. The two states of mankind. Okay, so the first one um, is natural and spiritual. Let's, let's come back to that. The other one is what? Excuse me. What is the other contrast? Mortal and immortal. Okay, mortal and immortal. The temporary versus the eternal. Let's handle that one first because that's a little bit easier. Um, 
So right now I'm I'm perishable, <laughs> right? Um, I'm mortal. The next body is not going to be. And so that's the nature of the difference. It's important as we go through this to look at things that Paul doesn't say. Because what Paul doesn't say is, it, it tells us a story as well. He doesn't say, we're not going to have a body. And, and as we go, we're going to highlight this point again. Because there's this idea that somehow in heaven we're going to be this like wisp of smoke floating throughout eternity with this with this this disembodied spirit and and that is not the case and Paul's answering uh, this this kind of question so um, so it's important he doesn't say that it's just going to have a different quality to it and the first one is it's not going to be temporary so it will not have the things that go along with temporary things, right? Like, uh, like the, the scripture says, foods for the stomach and stomachs for the foods, but God will destroy both it and them. The stomach is there to keep a temporary body surviving from one day to the next. Once you are immortal, you don't need that. So, uh, so we're, we'll see some other things that, that go along with that. As a part of being temporary and eternal, he talks about power. Right? The, the difference in, in power. It's raised in power. What does that mean as a contrast to now? Uh, it says it's sown in weakness. What, what, what does that mean? Sown in weakness and raised in power. What's that? Okay. We're susceptible to a lot of things right now. Okay. You know, even spiritually and physically, you know, there's there's a lot of things that tempt us spiritually and can harm us physically. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not right. impervious to these things. We right. can still be harmed and, and obviously killed and things like that. But sure. you know, that's not going to be an issue. Sure. Okay. Can. Uh well we're we, we know that the only way to get to the Father is through Jesus. Right. And therefore, the only way to get raised is by is through baptism into Christ, where mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you, and then you get immortality. So, if we're, you know, as a contrast, if the way we're sown is that, you know, through, uh, you know, through a mortal body, we are also not only susceptible to death and all the things that, you know, that Mark just said, but also the um, you know, we're also susceptible to sin and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and all the weaknesses that, that come spiritually until until we're, we're raised imperishable, and the power we have is the power of God. Sure. Right? So I think that the you know that's the there, there's a I think that there's a uh, a spiritual um, there's a spiritual application to application all this. Yeah. Power, yeah. Mark. I was gonna say just to add on to what you were saying that you know the way we are born now we are born. Sure. Yeah. All, all the, the the comparison is throughout the New Testament uh, of the spiritual and the physical. As he talks about the physical, uh, 
body, and, and that is sown in weakness. Uh, and really, when you're talking about the, the spiritual weakness, what is our spiritual weakness? It's our physical body. Right? And that's what he says in Romans. He says, the things that I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, that's what I do. So there's these two natures in me. There's the spiritual that's like, let's go, let's do the right thing. And then, and then there's this physical body that likes these other things, and that's what's holding me back. Uh, and it always comes down to that. It always comes down to physical motives and, and various things like that that really are our downfall. And so getting rid of that gets rid of a lot of, gets rid of all those problems. <clears throat> so, so there's this infirmity we have that, that comes from our physical nature. Sickness, frailty, most, most recognizable, and eventual death are a part of our body. And all of those flaws are not a part of that next body. We don't have those flaws. Um, so, uh, so that's the temporary and eternal. So I want to go back to this idea of the natural versus the spiritual. What does he mean by natural? Okay. Okay, fleshly. Um, so our our current, as we talked about, our current body is the highest order of things made on this planet. Right? God comes up to the very end. He makes man. He says, "Ah, it's very good. I've outdone myself." And that, that's essentially what he said. I mean, these were, these were great. Day one, I was just getting going. But this is it. I'm going to stop. I've made my masterpiece. And yet God says, that, that's still not even comparable to what it's going to be. I've, I've, got, I've got, like, the best one coming. But for right now, of these physical types of bodies, this is it. He says, comparatively... Now, he says there's a glory of this and a glory of that, and all these glories, that, that's good, but he's compared to what's coming, that's dishonorable. Think about that. Well, it, as you go through biology and you think about how amazing the human body is, just the, the various components of how it's ludicrous to think that this stuff could come by an accident. Like, please, would you? That's nonsense. And God says, that's dishonorable by comparison. I don't know what, you know, it, it, what it is going to be like or look like. or. But God says, if you stack the, the, the greatest physical specimen of all time next to what's coming, this is like, oh. You're going to look back at that body that you had, and, oh, that was dishonorable. That's amazing uh, to think of what he has coming. Well, Mike says the spiritual body is going to be similar to your resurrected body. What do you mean? What is, it? is that? Is that like a footnote? Or? Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to let we're going to let Paul speak for himself here. Um. So our, uh, 
Now, Paul does not say, again, we want to look at what Paul does not say. Paul does not say you are physical now, you will be spiritual then. That is not what Paul says. It's going to be a different type of physical. It is not going to be natural. Okay, and so it is going to be a spiritual body, and there is a difference. And I want to look at that. John, if someone wants to, we're going to hold our place in 1 Corinthians. Someone want to read, and you, you read this before, John 4.24. Someone wants to read that. Okay, what do we notice God is? God is spirit. That is never said of man, now or in the future. It is never said that we will be a spirit. God is not bound by a physical body. That's, That's not a thing. Mormons teach that. We talk about that on Wednesday night. Uh, that, that, that Mormons teach that, that God has a body. Nope. God is, is spirit. That is his makeup. Isaiah talks about the throne of God and that his robe entails the whole area. So we know that he's wearing some type we, of... We don't know that because he also has a white beard in the Bible. Those are, those are metaphors. Yeah, those are, those, are, those are all metaphors. Those are metaphors. Um, and, and we want to be careful because there's a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of, like I said, like the white beard and, and various things like that. Uh, those are, are references to, I mean, there are a lot of, in the Old Testament, there are a lot of metaphors of things um, that, that God is depicting, um, you know, wisdom or, or various things like that. So, um, so God is spirit, and we're going to get into what man is or what man will have. Um, God does not say again. God does what God does not say. What Paul does not say. God does not say that God is going to get rid of the body. He says the body's going to be changed. Right? So right now I have a spirit, right? I have a spirit. So if God is going to replace my physical body, I have a body, I have a spirit. If God is going to change my body into a spirit, then I'm going to have two spirits. Because I already got one. So if the body is changing into a spirit, now I've got two spirits. That doesn't make sense. So it's going to be a spiritual body or a, a, a eternal body that's being changed. And that's what he, he's meaning by a spiritual body. So I want to, he, he gets into a discussion of Adam. And again, this is going to reinforce what we've said. Who's the first Adam? Adam. Okay, <laughs> it's easy. Who's the second Adam? 
Okay, Christ. Right? And this is not the first time Paul's used this illustration. He's used it in Romans. Um, and, and, and he, if, it was, if it's kind of not clear at the beginning, he clears that up at the end of the passage we read. He just states, that's the Lord, just so we're all on the same page. Um, and so he talks about their essence. And what, it, it, there's, a, there's a verse in here that kind of it, it confirms what we've talked about. He says, man became, or Adam became what? Okay, now, that's important. Um, <coughs> excuse me. The words mean things. The word for being, do you know what that word is? Uh, if you read the Old Testament, you'll see the, the word soul. Man became a living soul. The word soul and the word spirit are not synonyms. They are different. They cross over. They sometimes can be used as a synonym. But, but they, they're not pure synonyms. The word soul in some places actually refers to a dead corpse in the wilderness. It refers to... A lot of things. It, it refers to anything with life. It refers to animals. In the Bible, in the Old Testament, it will refer to birds. The word soul simply refers to something that is alive. Man became a living being. That's why we translate it that way. A spirit is only ever meaning one thing. And this is interesting. So he's, he's, he's doing a play on words, is what Paul is doing. He says, man became a living soul... But the second is a life-giving spirit, and that's, that's Christ. A spirit only ever in the Bible refers to the intelligent life. A function of intelligent life. It's only ever applied to humans. In, in the Bible, it will talk about various attitudes, right? A spirit of gentleness. Do things in a spirit of gentleness. Or he'll talk about, you know, various... Uh, we talk about an evil spirit. An evil spirit came to distress Saul. Right? Never an evil soul. An evil soul didn't come to distress Saul. It was an evil spirit. And it's always this animate part of humanity. Yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, can you, could you elaborate on that in that context? So, again, to me, it there's a that is one that's a passage that's really hard. But to to look down to the, the division of life and attitude, I guess I don't know. I, that that is or 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 motives, <coughs> motives and. And life, I, I, I'm not exactly sure. That it is a difficult passage. I've, I've never really understood that passage. Yeah, I haven't either. I think it's really cool because I, I, I thought to myself when I first read that, I didn't really realize there was a difference between yeah. soul and spirit. But what, what, what that was saying to me is that the, the Word of God is so profound yeah. that it, 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 it can make distinctions about things that science can't even yeah. identify. Yeah, uh, that, that, to me, that's a that's a that's a wonderful hook to hang that on because. <laughs> 
because uh, that is a difficult passage, and, and there are there. You think about science, and the more we we learn, like how minute things are figured out, and, and God's like, yeah, I, I figured that out a long time ago. I, I made it, I, and God's word is the one that made all these things. So obviously, He can discover the differences between these these technical things. Where does where does your emotion, as a natural function of your physical and, and the natural function of your spiritual, where does that start and stop? I, I can't figure that out. God knows exactly where it is. Boom. Can it be because when you're baptized you get the spirit of God within you? Mm. That's not your spirit. That's yeah, spirit that's, that's, so that's Romans. The, so that could be separating God's spirit could, from could your be. soul, which yeah. is your spirit. Right, the, the the spirit bears witness with with my spirit that, that we are sons of God. So there's that there's a there's yet another one that I've never figured out. <laughs> so I just know it to be true. Um, so uh, so so man becomes a man, and, and this is interesting. Another comparison between the two atoms. Man becomes a living being. Right? We receive we receive the benefits of God's actions. But God is the one who gives the action. He becomes a life-giving spirit. So this is that other, that other contrast. So, uh, so we have in this, um, this contrast, again, that we have a spirit as, as a part of us. That, that's not my identity, right? I am a living being. I'm a soul. That's my identity. But, but as it is right now, my identity. Go back to, to Genesis. What? How did that take place? Right. He, he even describes it here. Man is made from the dust. Right. So so God makes a body, and He gives it a spirit, and man becomes a living being. Right. It, it, there's this amalgamation of two things that that man becomes this living soul. Isn't that kind of a throwback to Jeremiah too with the valley of dry bones, how they were just nothing but that until he breathed? Oh, so, so he uses the metaphor, sure, to, to illustrate spiritual life being put in man. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's a, good, that's a good comparison. And, and so, so man, whether now or <clears throat> eternally, is a combination of something physical and something spiritual. It's just that in the future, the physical is going to look different, and it's not going to be temporary. It's not going to need flesh. It's not going to need the things. Um, so, so if we get to the next section here. Um, right. It's right. There are no flaws. Right. So, First uh, Corinthians 15. Let's let's um, start into this passage. We're not going to get into it too far. Um, he says, Now I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will be changed in, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. Now I want to go into all of the order of, of the afterlife. Um, so we'll, we'll probably start with that next week. But he says this, that um, flesh and blood cannot inherit eternal life. Why? Sin? No. 
Okay. Oh, yeah. It, it's a structure that doesn't work. <laughs> it's imperfect. Okay, it's imperfect. It's perishable. Okay, it's perishable. What does blood do? It has to die and regenerate. Okay, so it's constantly being replaced. What What is its function? Keep me alive. It, it, it's constantly supplying me with food, and it's taking away toxins from cells, right? It's kind of like your cells flush the toilet, and and your blood takes it to your kidney and your liver, and they filter out the stuff, and we get rid of it. And it's like that wasn't we did that that if that doesn't if that function doesn't work, you die. Everything about everything about your organs, all of that stuff is to keep you alive. What is it there to keep alive? What is okay? No. What is it keeping alive? I mean, yes, it's keeping my body alive, but but really, what is what is God trying to keep alive? Yeah, my spirit. This is this is just the the housing for this. This is the temporary housing for, for my mind and for my, my attitudes and for my, my motives and for all the things that God really wants. And, and, and so God has made this way to get this through 70 years-ish until the eternal. This is what it's all about. This part that is eternal. So the blood, that part of me cannot inherit eternal life. This does. This inherits eternal life. That part's not going to be changed. My spirit is not going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Same, same, same. This has to be changed. That will house me for eternity. So it's going to have this amazing, glorious nature that I'm going to look back and say, man, that thing only got me through 70 years. How long have we been here? No, I lost count a long time ago. <laughs> Still going. I am, I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for that. It's exciting. He doesn't say, again, he doesn't say that physical things cannot inherit heaven. He says that the natural, physical will inherit heaven. It's going to be a different physical. And I don't know what that looks like. Because I can't imagine it. I can't imagine anything about eternity. Did, did we kind of get a glimpse of it when, when, he, was, <clears throat> when he was talking to the, the Pharisees? Right. They'll neither right. be married. So he kind of said they'll be like the angels. Like, however, mm-hmm. and then we'll, what do we know about the angels when they, they when they when they saw mm-hmm. Mary Magdalene in the tomb and, and the, you know they had said you know uh, you know he's not here. Yeah. And, and they could see a form. Yeah. Sure. And uh, right. You know the the, the, the angels that went 
They ate. Yeah. Yeah. It, there's a physical nature to them. And just in self and they have to bestow a body. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I don't know how they ate. I don't know. God gave them like magical organs. Just, I don't know how they did that. You know, temporarily because they they're, they're eternal. I don't know if they just guys like okay, this is your traveling body. I don't know how that works. I don't know how any of it works. Um, yeah, that's what I've always thought. They they manifested in a in a physical way. Right. Form yeah. That God, God gave him to to do that particular thing. Yeah. Sure. <clears throat> oh, any other thoughts? Interesting discussion, huh? Oh, good stuff to to look forward to. All right, we're gonna dismiss.